Talk Sports Podcast, powered by Powering You. I'm your host, Daryl Duvall, inviting you to see us weekly. Our podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Android. Just a little information on Powering You. Powering You was founded in 2015 to inspire and to enlighten people who are on a personal journey. With that in mind, we've decided to create a platform to share the stories of great athletes and the things that motivate them. When it comes to motivation, athletes have to be trained to push themselves to another level. Leaders are trained to find what motivates a team and personal motivation drive individuals. In today's podcast, we want to talk about sports and COVID-19. We've never experienced anything like what we're experiencing today. It is crazy. We're learning how to live and work in different ways. Then you have sports. You know, right now there is now. I mean, companies are going out of business. Um, you, you look at the XFL. I mean, that's that was a, uh, and I kind of throw this in there, that that was a, uh, uh, a opportunity for players in a developmental situation to get to the next level, which they really, a lot of them was able to, uh, to basically sign on as a free agent with a lot of the NFL comp, uh, teams. I mean, it, it was, and so obviously that is gone. In today's podcast, I'm going to get a perspective from a person who works on the analytical side of the branding marketing, marketing Lauren Allison from MVP Index. And uh, Lauren, I just did a small intro on you. Can you go a little bit more into your background? Sure, sure, Daryl. So um, I have been at MVP since we were founded over seven years ago. And uh, our main purpose is to value sponsorships um, in sports and entertainment. So it, our main like bread and butter is social and digital um, streaming, but we also do some broadcasts. We do some experiential. Um, so we're, we're looking for those solutions to help measure those, those sponsorships. Um, and we have a lot of clients across sports and entertainment uh, from brands and teams and leagues um, to agencies and, and media. Uh, and, and my role is I'm the senior director of insights. So my team, we, we take all of the data, um, from all of these different sponsorship, um, types and try and, uh, create actionable insights from that data for our clients. So, um, helping them discover where they should be spending their money or where they should be activating to drive value back to their sponsors. Um, and, you know, whether it's where they should position their logos to what type of content they should be creating, um, just helping them surface those insights from the data. So now I was listening to a lot of, you know, since we've been at home and had an opportunity to listen to several podcasts on uh, marketing and sponsorships, it seems like a lot of people are telling brands to kind of convert to you know, your dollars need to go to social media. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can kind of inlate on how, I mean, if that's something that you all are kind of educating some of the clients on, you know, using some, as opposed to now you don't have advertising, uh, TV, and or you still got radio, but now you need to really kind of focus on the social media side. Is that some of the things that you are kind of going into uh with some of your clients? Absolutely. Uh, we're right now, I mean, our, our clients, they're, they're wanting help navigating this, this new territory. And so we're helping them to, uh, you know, uncover those best practices and, and figure out what they should be doing because a lot of them obviously are, are out of season completely. And so 
how do they tap into some of the things that work during the off season or create new ideas for, for how to engage their fans when, when sports are still on hold. Um, some, some places obviously are, are booming. So you have um, Twitch seeing, you know, 10% plus viewership across the board um, is what they were telling us. And that, you know, chat's going crazy. And um, they had the Twitch stream aid uh, live stream with, with athletes and musicians and, um, you know, esports, and they raised, you know, almost $3 million for, for COVID response. Um, but they, you know, that's, and they had huge viewership numbers. It was the biggest live stream, I think, you know, at least in the last couple of years since we've been working with them. Um, and, so you have those sports that are that are obviously on the rise, and then you have like NASCAR, they're able to merge their live sports into their iRacing um, property because that they were just kind of really ramping up their esports properties, and then they're able to just basically slide their drivers right into that property. And so they're seeing, you know from Daytona when they debuted, not knowing that that was going to be the main form of racing. Um, they debuted their iRacing season to, you know, when they had that first replacements race, uh, they saw their viewership more than double. And that was just on Twitch. That's not even counting, you know, where they're airing on Fox and, and FS1. Um, and so because they were already kind of well positioned to flip into like a virtual fan experience, they've seen their, you know, social engagement is, is actually up for this year, which is, which is really great. Um, but there's been other sports that have struggled a little bit more because they're just, they're still figuring out exactly how to connect really well with their fans. And so we've been, you know, trying to pull out, okay, here's some good examples of, of teams and of, you know, um, leagues and um, brands that, that seem to be doing it right, that fans seem to be responding well, because you don't want to be, you don't want to be tone deaf, obviously, during this time. Uh, but you, you still want to, to help fans experience that sense of normalcy and that um, escape that is, has, is such a part of their normal life every day. And, and we need it more than ever right now. So it's MVP index and you kind of went into it. You've been in, uh, at MVP index since, since the, since it started. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I kind of got a little bit of history of, uh, you know, um, Jordan father was the one who was one of the founders and he was the one trying to find um more of an insight on sponsorships yep. for him and that's how it it started is that correct or absolutely so brief history of mvp so we um sean spieth and kyle nelson founded the company uh back in oh my goodness uh 2012 i guess um when jordan was getting ready to turn pro and all these brands were asking about his social channels and they they weren't really sure what to do with it. They weren't sure how to value it. They weren't sure what to put in his contract. And uh, they realized that there was a big gap there um, in, in social specifically around measurement and valuation. So that's where we started. Um, a couple of years ago, we merged with a company in Austin called Umble that does uh, audience analytics and um, activations. And so we have been working together to um, expand into other areas of, of sports entertainment sponsorships. So being able to provide data around, you know, all these different 
areas um, because the brands that are working with Jordan, um, they're not just working with Jordan, working with an athlete and his social channels. They also have um, different experiential events. You know, they're out at, at tour events. They are um, doing broadcasts. They're doing all these other different areas that, um, you know, we wanted to be able to try and provide a little bit more of a 360 um report because otherwise there's there's blind spots if you're not looking at everything so that's how we've kind of grown and changed over the last um several years from you know just being like okay let's figure out how to measure social um to where we are today so let me ask you a question take me through a uh scenario where if you have let's just say jordan speaker and jordan is trying to trying to go to um go uh, let's just say Jordan is trying to uh, basically pitch a deal to uh, Nike how would he how how would you create a report in that situation so if so let's use let's use an example of you have an up and coming athlete. So let's say Jordan were were up and coming. Like this is probably a scenario we work with most often. We work with a lot of like small agencies. Like locally here, we work with a few, um, including like Ballon G Group. And so let's say they have an up and coming athlete, and they're like, "Hey, we we want to start um, courting some brands, and we've got a couple brands that are interested. So how do we show, um, especially like uh, these." you know, some of these guys that are entering the draft or, um, you know, they, uh, they're looking for sponsors, um, heading, you know, heading into, uh, into professional sports like Jordan was. Um, so we would, first of all, uh, look at what their, their reach and engagement looks like compared to their peers. So are they overperforming based on, um, where their peers are and those peers could be considered people around the same age group. They could be people in the same sport um, and, you know, people with similar audiences. And then, uh, you know, looking at those numbers, we would also create some value. So we can look at um, across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube, and Twitch, and we can look at what we would value that, um, you know, whether it's you know, their entire social footprint or a specific campaign with a, with a sponsor. And our stance has always been that you don't like buy a tweet from an athlete, right? You're not going to just buy one single tweet because that's really, it's ineffective and it's inauthentic because you want to create um, this tie with an athlete. And it's when those relationships and those brand fits are really good. That's, um, and, and you have a continuous campaign over time talking to your fans about this product, you know, incorporating it into your lifestyle, that's when it sticks. So um, you want something that's already a good brand fit. Um, So we would tout, you know, how well they're doing on social, um, what their social value looks like and what kind of value they could drive for that sponsor. But then we would also like look at their audience. Is their audience a good fit? Would they want to engage with this brand? And can we show that? Um, And so you can show, hey, like, their audience has an affinity towards athletic apparel and they particularly seem to have interest in shoes. So Nike would be a good fit. Right. And uh, so there's a few different areas you can look at because social, the great thing about social that I love as compared to, you know, all the other stuff that we do is that there's just so much more data to look at. Um, People are just putting out online, you know, what, 
what they're interested in and what they, you know, they're, you, you can uh, attach all of their buying data to that um, and just aggregate it, anonymize it and really get a good picture of what an audience looks like um, and what they want to, um, to engage with. And I think as opposed to where, you know, you're looking at broadcasts and some of those things are still, there's still some guessing. There's a lot of surveying that has to be done with social. The numbers are just right there and they're almost instantaneous. So that kind of goes back to what are your thoughts on COVID-19 in sports? I know a lot of brands are, like you said, in the past, you, you had talked about, they're really hitting you up trying to find that right message. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, right now, um, sponsorships are probably down because, I mean, I was, they were saying really don't go. I mean, you really don't need to be going after new business. You need to really concentrate on your business that you have right mm-hmm. now. I mean, what is your thoughts? We're in the weird spot because everything is up in the air. We don't know where things are. You, you mentioned the XFL, which is just so disappointing because there's, they were just really starting to ramp up and seeing some success. And then this happened and you can't expect them to have the, the runway to, to make it through. And we're, you know, fingers crossed that maybe 2021 they'll come back, but you just never know. I think with a lot of these brands, especially the big ones, we're seeing them, um, having to transition what they were doing with their sponsorship dollars, like especially at the team level. So you look at um, Anheuser-Busch InBev is is a client of ours. So we work with them quite a bit, Um, but they're taking a lot of their sponsorship dollars they were spending with teams and continuing those sponsorships, but allowing them to really make an impact at the local level where it's needed most. Um, They've, you know, transitioned to making um, hand sanitizer and they're, you know, funding, whether it's, you know, different COVID relief programs uh, with the teams or, you know, other ways that, that they can connect with their fans. I think that's, that's got to be the priority right now. And if you're a brand and you're not um, making those, those personal connections a priority, then you're, you're going to come off as, as trying to profit during a time when everybody's um, on edge or struggling. And so um, I think the, the best ways that you see, I think the teams and ones at the, like, especially at the minor league that we're really seeing I, I, the best, um, I guess, tonally, uh, activation. So one that I wrote down to, to talk about specifically was the Reno Aces. They um, had their mascot, Archie, go out to um, an assisted living facility and like wave in the windows at people. And it's those kind of like moments that are experiences that that's what people watch sports for. Right. And it was just a little one, but they were able to create that without um you know, and, and, and stay authentic to their, to their brand. Um, you've got, you know, the Mavs are, um, they're, they're donating to local nonprofits. They're partnering with, you know, Kroger to give Kroger gift cards to Dallas ISD families. They're, you know, the, you've got the, the Dynamo and, um, BBVA, they're donating all of the leftover meats and veggies to, to local, uh, food pantries and, um, you know, to facilities that work with, um, homeless rehabilitation. I mean, you, I think that there's there's obviously like big ways that um, that these organizations and brands can can help, and then you see like Seth Curry, he he partnered with uh, a pizza joint to give pizzas to local healthcare workers, and so you know the I think the money has to it has to kind of try like continue to flow in the way that it was if it's already earmarked, 
um, and just but but just flow more directly into the local community. And and people are going to remember how different brands and organizations reacted and if they were basically there for them in the way that they needed to be there for them during this time. Right. And it's, it, and it's hyper local. That's the way that you have to. Think. I mean, you, you look at, uh, like I said, I mean, Ford is, uh, I can't, I don't know. I think it's Ford that's given, um, you know, I mean, 0%, which is understand. I mean, 0% interest and then payments mm-hmm. are a year from now. I don't know. If that if that interest backs up after a year, because somebody got to make some money, it's not free money unless the government giving poor some money and everything. But I, you know, that kind of goes back to you know you talk about the the brands Reno Mavericks. Is there any other brands you feel that are that are really doing an outstanding uh, of uh, you know giving back? Because one of the campaigns I thought about when this is all over is giving back to the community. It's all about giving back, finding a way to to help the other person. Yeah, I think I'm going to kind of go back to it because I just think it's it's really cool to see all these breweries and liquor brands like, you know, Tito's Vodka and Diageo and all these brands that are like stepping up to make hand sanitizer and are like using something that that is just a part of what they do and making sure that that's um, that they're taking that extra step. Uh, And I think that there's there's ways that brands that maybe don't have, you know, alcohol as a, <laughs> as a byproduct to use right. for hand sanitizer could do that. I mean, you've got um, local teams like, like Austin FC, they provided lunch to healthcare workers. And um, if you're, if you're a brand that already has a sponsorship there, um, maybe you partner with them to do that um, and just have your sponsorship dollars go into that and create social content around it. Um Maybe it's one of the things I've seen too is um, some brands that are already on like a step and repeat for a local team are creating Zoom backgrounds. So like you have your media backdrop behind you and it's got the brand and the team on it. And it's, it's little things like that, that just creates some, again, it's like a, it's fun. And that's divergent from like being directly related to coronavirus, right? Because people, they still want that escapism. And so, Zoom calls and, you know, conference calls are a, a part of our normal life and how we connect the outside world right now. So um, I've seen a lot of really fun examples of those that incorporate um, sponsors that are that are a big part of of that team or organization um, on a normal basis. Now, one of the things that I would love to see more, because um, I do some work with Dallas ISD, is is having more of a community effort into um, feeding these uh, uh, kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I had an opportunity to go out there last week to watch them, um, get them to feed the kids. And I mean, you know, I was in North Dallas and I just thought, oh, this is a perfect place. But it, I mean, it, it probably goes up everywhere. It doesn't, you know, you could be Frisco, Louisville, South, like wherever. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was kind of sad, but I mean, I, I, I wish there was more of a community effort from the, the brands, because that's, I mean, if they can kind of do more with the Dallas ISD and all these other, before where these bigger school districts giving back um, the corporations, I mean, that would really, I mean, that's my thought, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's basically bringing um, food out there for them 
and and so it kind of helping the school districts out too, you know, because I mean, again, you know, it's uh, I, I talk about this too, is because I mean, with this situation, you got people who are graduating, mm -hmm. and I mean, this is totally off the off what with the brand part, but it's just more geared toward what COVID nineteen has really affected our total the way we work, the way we we do things. I mean, school, kids getting ready to graduate. I mean, Frisco ISD was talking about having a drive-in gra uh, graduation. I mean, and, yeah. I mean it, and so I thought that was, I mean, but you, these graduates who graduate, who went to school for 12 years and all of a sudden now, I mean, that's the most important thing of graduating from high school, not to say college is, is, is another one, but graduate from high school, that's your first step. Yep. And and that really is going to affect there a lot of it's gonna something that, you know, we would never forget this. Twenty twenty uh is never gonna it's gonna be a year that we will we will it will go down in history that we would never forget. Um so the last thing I wanted to say uh ask you about is um you know we kind of talked about a lot of different things from social media to how it really affected COVID-19 and the uh, uh, and and sports. Where do you see, and I'm, I want to kind of go back to MVP index real mm -hmm. quick, because I, 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 from what you, when I first knew about MP, MVP index and kind of did a little bit some reporting on you all or help you all, my, so y'all were more of an analytical, are y'all becoming more of a, um, a full service marketing company per se? Yeah, so we're, our road for the last couple of years has been kind of transitioning to where we can, again, fill roles and just, you know, become more of a, a data and analytics uh, company that, that is able to provide uh, those reports and that consulting and the, you know, products that that maybe a, an agency needs in order to track all these different components um, where obviously like social and digital is that's where we live most of the time. Um, and, and streaming has been a great addition to that, um, especially with our partnerships with Twitch. Um, but we're, we're moving into uh, broadcast. Um, we're moving into experiential. We've got a couple solutions there. And um, during this time right now, we're actually using a lot of this time to innovate. I mean, we're, we're really fortunate that we're coming off of a really great Q1. Um, and we've continued to, to sign business uh, this month, which is great, um, unexpected. And I think we were kind of prepared for, um, to have some more time, but that we're, we're using this time, we've got a, a new platform coming that's going to weave together all of these different data sources and data types, um, you know, for a little more ease of use. And, and so that's what our engineering team is doing is they're using that time to innovate. And as far as the insights team, we're using this time too to, um, just support, support all of our clients where they are, you know, some of them are just still not sure what to do. And some of them, um, have these really great plans where they're just completely pivoting and, um, that that's what we're here to support. Right. So, um, as far as, as 
you know, where we go from here, I think the future for, for sports entertainment obviously is, is really unknown because as we start reopening the economy, once it becomes time to start doing that, those big gatherings are going to be one of the last things that, that come back. So, so how do we bridge the gap between now and then? And I think, um, I think these, these organizations that are creating more virtual experiences and are figuring out the right way to do that. I mean, NBA, they're, they're trying to figure it out. They've got their NBA 2K league. It's been around for a couple of years and then they've got the players, but they, in doing the tournaments, they haven't done a really good job of weaving together the existing esports properties and the athletes. And I think that that's something that um, as they work on it more, that's going to become um, the a new way for, for fans to just interact with, with the NBA and with, um, with those franchises that they love, right. That, that, that fill the hole in their heart. <laughs> and um, it's, it's going to be a while before we're able to all, you know, go sit in the stands together again. And, uh, and, it's it's going to be i think seeing the virtual drafts is going to be hard it was already hard not to have you know march madness but now um seeing all the drafts happen virtually is is going to be a new experience for all of us but i think we're all doing we're we're very hopeful by seeing the drafts that we will have right an upcoming nfl season so do you think so you don't going back to what you just said real quick you think that it's going to really change the way we communicate and get together for in the future for games and stuff. I think so. And I, I kind of, I mean, obviously somebody who loves the, the virtual aspect of, of a lot of these sports um, and, you know, somebody with young kids, it's hard for me to, to get out to a game. Um, I kind of hope a lot of this stuff sticks that um, even as we go back out, and, you know, are able to resume somewhat normal lives whenever that is, um, that a lot of these learnings, a lot of the ways that uh, these organizations have learned to connect with fans at home are able to stick around. And that, um, you know, the we were seeing esports was already on just an upward trajectory. Um, and you have, you know, these streaming networks that are that are coming out. You've got um, a couple different ones that are that are launching now. Um, but I think with, with live sports, it was always about like what's happening on the field. And I think, um, a lot of the athletes are, are getting more comfortable with sharing their lives off the field and are getting more comfortable with being content creators and with, um, you know, working with the, the teams and the leagues to, um, create an experience that encompasses more than just what happens, um, at a game. And I think, um, that is that again, like as we transition back to normal life, um, that is extra value for, for the brand sponsors that they have. That is uh, additional ways for fans to connect. And it's creating these, you know, we've, and this is kind of a, an aside, but it's also connected. We've been talking a lot about working with our clients. And one of the good things I think that's come out of this is I'm talking to clients and I'm connecting with them in their homes you know, their kids are running around and we always ask, how are you? And we mean it. And before sometimes you had those calls that would go straight to business, or maybe you have clients that you haven't actually even met face to face. Cause I have that happen a lot where it's client in LA and we have a new hire come on board at an agency and we've never met face to face. 
And now we're having more personal conversations. And I think if you transition that, translate that to what's happening with these sports teams, I mean, they've always been super personal and they've always, you know, um, they've always had that aspect to them. But I think um, we're now that we're visiting athletes in their homes and, um, you know, we're, we're connecting, we're connecting even deeper than we did whenever we were there in real life. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. I mean, it, it's becoming more of a, I mean, now since we have, I won't say we have a lot of time because we, I mean, but it's just, it's, it's just, it makes it easier to kind of connect with people because you, you know, when you're, when you're at work, you're always busy running around. And now it's like, it, it's just, it's a different situation. It, it, I don't know if I'm, if I'm saying it right or not. Yeah, but like, like every time, every time you talk to somebody, you know, you spend that 10 minutes of small talk that maybe you wouldn't have before because you were too busy rushing around. And also you genuinely want to connect with other humans and you care how they're doing and you want them to be happy and healthy and, you know, everybody to be thriving again. And so um, I think, yeah, those, those connections, like even as we're not able to gather, they feel so much more personal. I got one, two more questions, then I'm done. I, one of the questions, the last question, one question I have is uh, in regards to uh, where do you see sports? Um, the NCAA has basically allowed, and we're just going to start allowing college students to sell their for their likeness, mm-hmm. uh, sponsorships for likeness. And, and high school is going to get to that point. Has, has MVP index about having a component for, and, and, and that component can still be the same as for college, for uh, professionals because you're basically working on their brand. Have mm-hmm. you all thought about when that, I mean, doing anything in that situation of the, um, is it a, uh, doing anything on branding for them or is it just more education? I'll just, you know. So we're, we are preparing kind of for that outcome. We already are tracking a lot of college athletes. They're just hidden in our platform because obviously um, brands aren't supposed to have direct access to to those athletes at this point. But we have them in the system because as soon as they hit the draft, that's when their social goes public. And we want to be able to know, okay, what is it valued at? And if this person is going to sign with Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, you know, any of these brands, um, you know, what, what should they be expecting? And we don't want it to just like, basically their, their history to turn on when we add them to the platform, we want to already have it there and already know, um, what, what's going on. We're working with a, a couple of athletic apparel brands right now, um, that are looking at, you know, athletes coming into the draft. Um, and so we wanted to know ahead of time what they looked like on social. Right. So, um, I think, you know, we're, we're basically, we're getting it ready so that all we have to do is flip the switch and then those athletes are ready and available for the brands that we work with to, to access and, um, be educated on. And, and then also agencies, if they're going to start working with those athletes are able to, um, to access their social data and, um, and prepare things to, to sell them to brands. Cause a lot of times, I mean, there's a lot of money being left on the table because these, 
um, guys and girls are creating their personal brand on social and they're spending a ton of time doing that. Um, and we want them to get credit for that. Like, I, I think this is actually a really good move by the NCAA. Um, but on the flip side, if you are a student athlete and you are not paying attention to what you're putting out on social, or you're putting things out there that a brand um, would be cautious signing you because of like, now is the time to start cleaning that stuff up because um, their your social history. I know there are kids now that they have been online their entire life. Like everything they've ever done is on social media. Um, and so it's, you know, as you start looking at becoming a professional athlete, which is moving earlier and earlier for a lot of, of kids, um, social has to be, it has, your, your personal brand has to be a thought from the moment you start considering it. Yeah, that's, uh, and I, in the past, I have worked with rivals and scouts and, and, um, you know, and tried to educate kids on branding. Uh, I mean, because there's a lot of high school kids who, who have a real good brand. A lot of them know how to talk to them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all about how you, how you grew up. And, and, and basically, when they get to college, it, it, it's going to be a totally different. I mean, if they just do what they did in high school, and it's just like walking. You try to get a crawl. You got to mm -hmm. walk, and and just to make sure you do the right thing. Because a lot of people, I mean, again, you once you that tweet, you can't erase that tweet. Yeah. Once you say something, it's over with. You know, it's over. Yeah. So uh, again, you know, Laura, I just want to uh, thank you. It was a pleasure speaking to you and sharing these minutes with our audience. Uh, that is all for today. I am Daryl Duvall. Thanks for uh, listening to Chalk Talk Sports Podcast, powered by Powering You. Take care and come back next week. Thanks, Laura. Thank you, Daryl.